0: or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you. Hi, everyone. This is the Know Your Why podcast. Um, and today, we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, a big part of the whole idea of real estate investing in the podcast, to me, is education and helping people get started at whatever point they are. So, Some of our podcast interviews will be with real estate experts that can really um, sort of fill in big picture items, but then I think there are people out there like myself uh, who are looking where to get started. And so my goal is to to provide education that way and let people ask questions because I think that a lot of people have the same questions. So today, my friend Alyssa was kind enough to come on the podcast. How are you today, Alyssa?
1: Good. How are you?
0: Good, good. And Alyssa is uh, I work with her. She's a skilled uh, veterinary technician. Um, She's also been our pet sitter. So there's (laughs) multiple connections there, uh, just so people know kind of where she's coming from. But uh, she, in my mind, you've already sort of started a little bit on your real estate journey. And I think that's impressive uh, already. So um, I guess let's just start with I want to let you ask as many questions as you want, but, but kind of, why don't you start by just saying, you know, I know you, you already own some real estate, so let's talk about that first, Mm -hmm. just so we kind of know, you know, what you did and what you did to you know what you have and what you did to get there. So uh, why don't you go ahead and do a little bit of your own background?
1: Okay. So what is this now? I think a year, almost a year and a half ago now I purchased my own condo out in Azusa. Um, Pretty much saved up all of my pennies that I could. I don't know if you're frozen. Are you frozen?
0: You're frozen. Am I frozen? Oh, there you are. You're back.
1: Now now you're not frozen.
0: (laughs) Okay, perfect.
1: Okay, so yeah, about a year and a half ago, I purchased my own condo, um, saved up all the money that I could to do that and did it on my own um, with the help of nobody. Congratulations. Um, Thank you um and that was a big thing cuz pretty much after i graduated from college i kind of did what everybody did at that time which was move in with our parents and kind of stick it out until our careers kind of took off which it kind of did but then it kind of didn't so i was like i think it's time i can move out on my own and finally purchase something and yeah. that's what i did um but now here i am a year and a half out and i'm like obviously I can either refinance or my other question was can I say well now that I have a little bit equity in my condo is it enough money to move into like a small family home versus a condo or a townhome right um because yeah the whole I did live in a condo or a townhome a little bit in college and it wasn't like terrible but maybe now that I'm like just living in a place by myself I can like hear everything and I'm just like I'm not yeah. sure how I feel about the shared wall situation anymore.
0: yeah 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 and and I think that that's um you know what so I think there's a couple of really good points there so you you know you you bought this condo on your own which is awesome um can I ask you how you financed it because I think a lot of people don't know you don't have to give me specific about your you know Numbers and things like that. If you don't want to, you're welcome to, But I'm I'm curious, sort of how you went about getting financing for it. I know I I assume you didn't pay cash outright for it. I know real estate in California is crazy expensive. So, um, you know, kind of you, you saved up by working really hard to get a down payment, and then you were able to get financing. What, um, how much of a down payment did you have to do?
1: Uh, I think that as little as possible. <laughs> as you could possibly do. Yeah. So I
0: want
1: to say three-ish percent.
0: Okay. Yeah. Maybe a little
1: more? I don't and know. that makes
0: sense. So there's a, something called an FHA loan, which people can use on their first home, which often is three and a half percent as exactly. the down payment. So yeah. as you're buying your first home, that's actually a really great way to get started into into real estate is using that FHA loan. Cause you don't have to have like, down or something like that, which, which obviously takes a lot more to get saved up. So, um, so you bought the condo, it's been a year and a half. You live there alone.
1: I do. I tried the whole roommate thing for a little bit, tried to help out an old coworker who no longer works with us. um, And that didn't work out. So I was like, yeah, I think I'm okay with living alone. (laughs) Um, And if I end up do renting out my second bedroom, it'll probably be a very extensive process.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just making sure that it's someone that you're compatible with. So I think that's actually probably a really good place to start um, Mm -hmm. in terms of so you have your, your current condo. It has two bedrooms,
1: correct, two bedrooms, one bath, and it's like a little over 800 square feet.
0: Okay. So there is that's actually a pretty good size. Um for for California that is not small. Uh so there is something called house hacking um which is I think just kind of a fancy term for either having roommates or having a like a duplex or a triplex or something like that where you're renting you're living in one unit and renting out the others. So basically if you own your own place and you're renting a room to someone else your, their money that they're paying you is helping you pay your mortgage, right? So therefore reducing your expenses. So it's a big, uh, it's a really good way to get started in real estate. Obviously like having roommates isn't necessarily ideal, but the headway that you can make in doing that for even a short period of time can be can be pretty huge, right? Because it's like people talk a lot about You know, when you're trying to get ahead financially, there's people talk about all the things you should cut out so that you don't, you know, so that you can save up money and things like that. And they're like, don't have coffee every day. Don't, you know, don't go out to to eat here and there, you know, and, and those are legitimate things. But the reality is if you just skipped drinking your $5 Starbucks every day, it's going to take you like 20 years to save up money on those $5 a day to do anything meaningful with it. So I, I think that people have to realize that one, it things, it, everything, it takes time. Like all of this building wealth, real estate, it's all takes time. It's not an overnight thing, but I think that what, what you did, and I, I know this cause you did it for us is you, you had a job, which for anyone listening, veterinary technicians do not get paid enough. So there's just <laughs> period. They don't get paid enough. Um, but the, Second, you know, you, you did something else, right? You got yourself a side hustle by being a pet sitter and making you making extra money that way. So I think the way to really get started and potentially accelerate things is doing things like that. You either have to figure out a way to bring in more money, whether that's pet sitting, driving for Uber, who, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the thing is, but bringing in a little bit more money and then, also, at the same time, figuring out a way to spend less money, so house hacking is a is a huge way to spend less money, right? If your if your mortgage, just for example, is thousand dollars a month, and you're charging someone six or seven hundred dollars to live in the other room, like now your mortgage is three hundred or four hundred dollars a month, and so you have an additional six or seven hundred dollars a month to do something with, right? Mm-hmm. So you have you can use that uh as you know opportunity and so for you you're you know you're kind of thinking about okay I, I don't like the shared wall situation I don't like the roommate situation it's it's and nobody really does like I think when we're in college we like the roommates because it's fun but yeah. after that once you <laughs> once you, you like become it. an adult you're like I kind of want my own space exactly. so for that you know for you I guess what I would what I would envision as your next step and it might It might take you a little bit to, you know, kind of save for this. uh, But as you keep doing what you're doing, one, you can refinance the condo that you have. The housing market has gone crazy. The values of properties have gone up tremendously over the last year and a half. So, you know, you could find out what what your condo is worth now. You can refinance it, likely get a lower interest rate. But also probably figure out a way to get some money out of that out of that condo without um, without necessarily even paying more on a per month basis, right? So if your if your interest rate goes down by even a percent, that's like a, actually a fairly substantial amount of money less that you'll pay per per month. Um, and then you can also with a refinance either do. A cash out right refinance, where you basically take a mortgage out that's like, as an example, $50,000 more than what you owe on the house because there's equity in the house and you're able to do that. The downside to a um, cash out refinance is that you're immediately paying payments on that money. Oh, I see. Right. So if you do a cash out, and most likely you talk to the lenders, they're going to tell you this, but hopefully if you have a a good reputable lender, they'll tell you this, but basically as soon as you take that money now, okay, you got a chunk of $50,000, but it's sitting in your bank account. You're not ready. If you're not ready to do anything with it yet, you're already paying on that cash out refinance. And now you just have money sitting there burning a hole in your pocket and you might be tempted to spend it on something else. So if you don't need all of that money immediately, then what probably makes more sense is what's called a HELOC or a home equity line of credit. Home equity line of credit basically is essentially like a revolving credit account and you only pay on the money that you use. So now instead of doing a $50,000 cash refinance, if you do a $50,000 HELOC and then you're just looking for another property, it's just sitting there and you're not paying any money for it when you need the money then you go ahead and pull it out of the HELOC and then typically you're just paying interest payments so it's okay. a it's actually a really nice way to um use it as a as a and use your current property as like a bank for your future properties you. does that make sense yeah yeah
1: so I think we talked about it a little bit but I kind of like weighing the options of getting a new car too yes yeah. my car is like it's almost 10 years old it's getting there yeah. And yeah I'm just I've been kind of looking at some more like eco-friendly cars in general and so mm-hmm. like yeah. I think maybe doing the cash out option at this point would probably be better just because like I'm not ready to go buy like another condo or another home or anything like that and it's like gonna be I don't know not eons from now but it's gonna take a while before I even have enough money to do that.
0: You can, you can use the HELOC for a car too, right? So it's just like, it's just like a, an account with money sitting in it. So I would still like, even in that instance, I would still say the HELOC makes the most sense. Um, And then you just look at, then you can look at it from two. You just look at what the, what the interest rates and the payments are, right? So if you can get, if you're getting a car and the interest rate is super low, then maybe that's the way to go. But if it's equivalent to your HELOC, you can use the HELOC money, and then you, you're essentially paying interest on that. So I think uh, it's still it's still like if you're if you need it for some other expense, it's still accessible. And like ideally, if you have a fifty thousand dollar HELOC, you're not just going to say, okay, now I buy a fifty thousand dollar car, right? Some of it's some of it's like being practical about it and saying, okay, if, if my car is not good anymore, I'll get something. You know, I'll get some two or three year old car that has low mileage and I'll spend, you know, less money on that. What it, I'm not, I don't want to tell people you can't have things like you, I don't think everybody has to drive around in like a car that barely runs. That's not the idea of all this. It's just kind of thinking about what, what you do now, how that impacts you in five years.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. So it's like, it, like if your car is fine, even if it's 10 years old. And you can drive it for five more years and not have payments. Like that's a big amount of money that you can then invest and have it do. And by the way, I'm telling you these things because I've made all of these mistakes. Like I've bought cars I wish I didn't when I didn't meet. You know what I mean? It just it's yeah. so I've I've made all the mistakes and and sort of learned from them that the biggest the biggest advantage you have is time. You know, as the, the younger you are, the earlier you start the investing, the easier it's going to make it for you in, you know, five years, 10 years. Then it's if if everything's on cruise control at that point, then you do whatever you want. So I, I still think, like I said, for the refinance for you, I would still do a, a HELOC. I think it makes the most sense whether you take some of that money now to get yourself a new car, but it's still available to you in the future if, if you do decide to buy another property. And then if you do decide to buy another property, you can still take that house hacking concept to if you wanted to buy a duplex or you wanted to buy a triplex or a four unit, you can still do the same thing because you're going to get better terms if you are living there than if you were buying it as a, like a rental property. The condo you live in now, you already have those terms. So once you've lived in them for a year, basically it is what it is there are some there are some rules kind of that you're supposed to keep it as a tr- primary residence at least for a year but but you could move out of the condo rent out the two rooms individually and probably pay your mortgage and maybe even make some money off it who i you know i don't it would depend what the what the rental rates are but and then if you moved into uh, a duplex or a triplex again your your goal is to rent out the other parts and get someone else paying your you know, paying your mortgage for you or paying a large portion of the mortgage and nobody likes moving. But if you did that every year for five years, now you have five properties that you're renting out. Like then you're yeah. literally like probably replace your income pretty quickly.
1: Yeah.
0: And so it's, it's kind of crazy how much things can snowball. and really get, you know, once you start to build the momentum, it'll be, it'll be shocking what you can, what you can do with that.
1: Easier to do over time, I guess.
0: Right. It's, it's, I, I think, I think people look at, you know, real estate investors that have a lot of money and they're like, oh, lucky them. It takes a long time. Like it's not, it's not a quick, it's not a quick thing, right? It's like, you have to get a little bit of money and then you can turn that little bit of money into a little bit more money and just kind of, but once you get to the point where you have some equity in your properties and you're taking out these HELOCs and things like that, then you can use that equity to buy more properties. Yeah. You know, so, so ultimately it's like, first you're buying one to live in and and decrease your expenses by having roommates or by uh, having multiple units but then now you're like, hey, look, now I have all this equity in my properties. What if I pull some of that out? Now I just buy another four unit and I rent it out and no nobody like I don't even have to live there. I'm, ge- <laughs> I'm getting all of the money for that. So it, it's kind of you already are on the right path. You already you already own something. And I think it's uh of you're you're doing everything, you know, kind of right in terms of thinking about your next steps. Like it's a good idea right now to take advantage of the lower interest rates. Like that's, there's, there's, and, and the appreciation in, in the properties, because like if you were to refinance now and you took out a HELOC, but then three years from now, you find out that your condo is worth like substantially more you can refinance it again and get, get a bigger HELOC. Like it's, it, there yeah. it's no, there's no limitation to that. And it's not a taxable event. So you don't, you don't pay taxes on that money that you get out. Hmm. So there's, there are a, a ton of, a ton of advantages to it. And, and each property that you have, you know, if you're renting it out, people are paying, paying you, you're, you're paying the mortgage. Basically someone else is paying down the loan, on your property. And now you have, like, when you go to sell it, you have even more equity.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. So it's kind of like you think the best way to look at it is like, okay, what do I want? Right. Like, and not, what do I want tomorrow? Like tomorrow I want a new car and a pizza. Like, it's just, you know, that it's mm-hmm. like very simple to think about what I want in the immediate future, but what do you want in five or 10 years? Mm-hmm. Right, And then kind of, I think what, what people want is for it to all happen quickly and it's probably not going to happen quickly. Like it's not, you're not going to, it's not like winning a lottery ticket. It's a, it's a strategy, right? It's like a defined strategy of this is how I'm going to get to this point that I want, you know, and, and a lot of people use the like milestone of, I want to have enough passive income to cover what I make at my job. And so if you left your job, you're still making money basically. And so it's, it's kind of figuring out where you want to be and and you can certainly aim higher or you can say, I don't want to leave my job. I just want to have like travel money or something like that. But just figuring out what you're, what you're trying to get out of it.
1: Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, no, I don't want to leave my job, but I also don't want to have to like rely on that like 100%. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. No, that, I mean, that's it. That's it. Like, I, I like what I do, but like if I broke my hand, <laughs> right. I'm out of work for at least a while. Like there's no, you know, there are things that can happen. Things happen to people. And it's like, you, you want, you want to have some security. And I think that having your own assets that you're, that you own and can produce money for you is really the only way to create that security. You know, like no matter how good you are at your job, if you got hurt or you, you know, the business goes under or some whatever the case may be, like those things happen. We're yeah. we're hopefully wrapping up the pandemic, but obviously the pandemic made it very clear that things can happen and yeah. so being uh prepared for whatever I think is is like a big step in terms of uh, people setting themselves up for their future.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, i like, speaking of that, like the pandemic hit, like the house sitting business more so than like what I do on an everyday basis, which was, I guess, kind of like a gift and a curse. Like, yes, I still had a job to go to for right. the past year and some change, but then like yeah. literally didn't house sit for like, I don't know, eight or plus months. It was just yeah. like pretty much when people- Because everybody's like, home. Like, yeah. <laughs> Or yeah. people really, really had to go somewhere for, like, an emergency family situation or something.
0: Well, so. What I can tell you is probably four to six months from now, when things open up, you will have more pet sitting than you could ever want. Yeah. Because everybody's going to be like, I haven't taken a vacation for two years. And, and it's going to be crazy. So it it'll it's going to come back. You know, it's going to it, And so I... Yeah, I mean I feel very fortunate that we all still had jobs and and our our day job actually seemed to get busier, which was kind of an unexpected surprise, but uh yeah, it's I think what what will always happen is people will always need a place to live. Mm-hmm. And so if you have a place to live to offer them,
1: mm-hmm.
0: they'll pay for it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? So like you have one, you own your condo. You have a you have an extra room. You could, someone will pay you to sleep in that room. <laughs> like, like I guarantee you, someone will pay you to sleep in that room. I get it. Like having a roommate isn't ideal, but you know, if you moved on to, a, like I said, a duplex or a quad or something like that, and you're in one of the units, it's essentially like having roommates but they're not in your house with you. So they're still paying your mortgage and you have all of those, all of those same opportunities, the tax write-offs, all of that. I mean, there's, there's lots to it.
1: Yeah. And I kind of looked at some like in my area and I was like, they're still pretty expensive. <laughs> so
0: yeah. I like, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not, you know, we're, we're in California, we're around LA, like everything's crazy expensive. Yeah, It's, to your benefit, if you already own property, which you do, you're not in a situation where you have to buy something, yeah. you wait for the right opportunity to come along, you do the things that you can do in the meantime, like say said, like refinancing what your condo and uh, you know, if you, if you can find someone that you wouldn't mind living with and rent out the other room, now you have extra income coming in to put towards whatever your next endeavor is. Right. Like if you want to buy a new car and you can rent out that other room to someone for twice as much as your car payment's gonna be, mm-hmm. maybe that makes <laughs> makes it easier to swallow getting a new car. Like it's just it's looking at it, I think, maybe from a little bit of a different perspective.
1: Mm-hmm. I guess it comes more so in like the investor side versus like I don't know, not so much like the personal side, if that mm-hmm. makes sense like kind of having to like not swallow my pride in a way but like yeah. a little bit and be like okay I can deal with this roommate for like x amount of months or something or right. x
0: amount of time right you I, cuz i think like i said it's a it takes time but it is a snowball so it if you have a roommate for a year because that's usually how long leases are, whatever you have a roommate for a year, the amount of money that that's going to save you over that year will put you far ahead of not having had that roommate for the year. And then you reassess at the end of that year and go, okay, well, I had a roommate, so I saved a ton of money, you know, on my living expenses. Mm -hmm. I had, I got back to pet sitting because everybody's going on vacation now. Now you're going to have some money that matters and you've refinanced and you have a HELOC, like then you can do some damage. You can really start <laughs> actually like, yeah, you can you can start picking up that, you know, making that snowball roll faster. I mean you really can. And I think the opportunities are out there. They're I mean now they're not hard to find the in terms of like education and things like that. But I think uh it's in and, and you know people that you may be able to find friends or family that want to want to buy a quad with you right Mm -hmm. you know you buy it with with your sister and each of you lives in one of the units and you're renting out the other two like you're still gaining wealth and and you know sort of getting ahead of the game at that even doing it that way, or you live, uh, you know, your sister might be just as bad of a roommate as a, as someone you don't know. I don't know, but it's, <laughs> I wouldn't want to live with my brother necessarily. We, we did that growing up. So it's kind of like you have, you know, you figure out what works for you. You don't want to be miserable through it, but, but yeah, you, you know, like you said, a li- it's a, it is a little bit of swallowing your pride and and you don't, I think we get caught up in, and again, like I said, I did it. Like we get caught up in the, the impressing other people or I work hard, I deserve this thing. Mm. And it's not to say that you don't deserve it, but the, the thing could be exponentially better if you can wait a little bit longer and do a little bit, you know, of the hard work slash sacrifice in the meantime. Yeah. Like, I think it's just, it's very easy to get caught up in I got a raise. Now I can have a nicer car. I, it's, they call it lifestyle creep. It is it's, it is simple to get caught up in and, and I've done it and I did it and then realized that's not me. I don't like it. Like I don't, that stuff's not important to me. It's more important about, you know, sort of building a foundation. So it's, uh, I think I think you're on exactly the right track. And I think there's some like fairly easy things you can do right now, like the refinance to sort of set things up you know for these next you know whatever year or so it is and then and then really start to to grow
1: go from there
0: yeah yeah
1: okie dokie and then i guess just touching back on like the refinancing Mm -hmm. you suggest going with like smaller companies or like because i have I got like kind of like a refinance, like quote, if you will, or like an estimate from a lender. And that yeah. sounds like he just like works for himself. And then I was keep getting offers from my credit union who I had purchased my car through previously. And I'm like, which one do I go with? Or can I get like kind of estimates from both of them and then just see who has like the better rates and things like that.
0: That's exactly what you should do. Get, talk to, you know, Three or four different lenders. You, the the first one you mentioned is probably a mortgage broker, and basically what they're doing is they're doing that work for you by talking to a bunch of different lenders and saying this is what we have available. If you go to whoever you bank with locally, whether that be a credit union or whatever, um, and talk to them, you can just find out what the terms are and 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 who will who will do it for you. You want to look at the terms, meaning the interest rate and, and what you can get for HELOC and all of that, but also um, what the closing costs would be. Right. So there is, there are some costs associated with the refinance, And so, you know, you definitely want to be clear on what all of that is. And I think a lot of times credit unions and local banks do have better terms. Okay. And plus there's like, it's someone you can go just sit down and talk to and it's not, you know, where you work through a third party. So, I mean, there's, there's upside to both, but you find the best rates that you can. And then, you know, go, go with that one.
1: Okay. Yeah. Cause I don't know why they, I guess they do like the credit union does like soft, like credit pools. And so mm-hmm. like, in me yeah. all like offers and I'm like, I forget. I'm like, how do you know I have a home? Even though I didn't do anything for you guys. But they they know so-
0: everything. No. <laughs> And
1: I'm just like, why do you keep sending me all these things? So I'm yeah.
0: Like, yeah. I haven't
1: talked to them about that, but I was like, should I just go and see like what they can offer, like compared to what the lender has offered me and just see, you know, who has like the better package of the two.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Talk to a, a few, you know, at least two, if not three or four, you know, banks around and see, uh, and you can talk to different mortgage brokers even even though it seems like they might have all acts like all have the same access to a pool of people that are lending the money, mm-hmm. it's not. They don't. There are different ones. So you can reach out to different lenders and figure out what you know who who, who has
1: <laughs> <send. laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> he's, he's protecting you. Um, but yeah you reach out to to a number of them and find out <laughs>
1: Sit down. Where's your toy? Where's your toy? Huh? Where is it? Okay, we'll get
0: your toys. It's not happy with, with uh, whatever's going, going on outside.
1: He's like, pay attention to me or find whatever is outside. Yeah.
0: He's, he's like, I'm done with this. I'm ready to, t- I'm ready to play. Yeah. But yeah, I, I would, I would start with that, Alyssa. I would just go, you know, get, get a few, uh, you know, rates and, and terms for refinancing and getting a HELOC from a couple different uh, happy to look at them if you want me to. Um, usually I think it's pretty easy to look and compare. There's a mm-hmm. few important things, but, um, and then, you know, once that's in place, you can start thinking about what the next, what the next piece of your strategy will be.
1: Okie dokie. Sounds good. Yes. It's definitely a lot to think about, but I'm like, I have to yeah. do it if I, I feel like now is like when I have to strike when the iron's hot, because now things are like the interest Mm -hmm. rates are really low and it seems like the equity that's in my condo now is probably like the best it's probably gonna be for a while. So I'm just like might as well do it now. And
0: interest rates are very low and the the values are very high. So it's a a really ideal time to go ahead and get that done. And it's it's a pain and it's why, you know, doing all of this stuff isn't easy right? Like it takes some work to get that done. It takes some work to become an investor and get things rolling, but it's also, uh, and that's why a lot of people don't do it and that's fine, but I think it's very worth it in the end. It'll be like, I can't, I, I don't think anyone gets into real estate investing and is like, I wish I didn't do this. Now I have too much free time and money. Like that's not, that's, that's never going to happen. So no it's, right. Yeah. So it's just like, I, I think you, you know, ultimately you put in the work at the beginning and then let time do its thing. Cause that's, you know, kind of the greatest, greatest asset that we have is that you, if you, even your condo, you have this condo, like in 30 years, it's going to be paid off and it's going to be worth a whole lot more money than you have right now. Like if you kept it that long. So no matter what that would happen, right? So you've already started the process. Yeah,
1: Just a matter of keeping it going and getting
0: right. this. Yeah. It's just, just how much, how much you want to, you know, build from there.
1: Okay. Oh, okay.
0: Any I other have- questions?
1: I can't think of any more at the moment.
0: Well, it's not like I won't see you again. So if if you do have more questions, uh, I'd be happy to try and help. So um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, I hope this was helpful to you. And I hope that it will be helpful to anyone in your same situation, of which I think there are a lot of people out there. So thank you so much.